Well, hello and welcome once again to Spotty on Shares, your market update for the day, uh, Tuesday, the 4th of May, actually, uh, where for the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk all things share market. Uh, now, of course, there has been a change to the format of the show. You can go to the website, spotty.com.au to learn why um, and also learn about the uh, new structure of the program as well. Uh, but for the next minute, 30 minutes, sorry, I should say, uh, we're going to be basically talking about the main news of the trading day. We're going to ask our resident experts for their views on what's going on. And of course, ask them your burning market questions. We encourage you, uh, as I said, to go uh, to the website, spotty.com.au to see which guests are upcoming as well. So you can ask them pertinent questions relating to the area of expertise. Uh, that'll be something I'll be updating on the website in regards to their field of speciality so that you can ask those pertinent questions that really relate to them. So how do you ask them? Well, our text machine's still open. You can text us 0480 079 089 or you can email us question at spotty.com.au. So let's bring in today's chief spotter. And it's, uh, well, it's basically signal trader extraordinaire. It's Braddon Gardner from Trade Setup and TD365. Gay, Braddon, how are you doing? All right, Brad, I need you to uh, just for a moment, if you don't mind, for those that are just coming to terms with this whole thing called the market and don't know about you and the wonderful uh, businesses that you represent, why don't you tell us a little bit about your trading history and then the businesses at Trade Setup and TD365, which is, uh, of course, quite new. And you can go to the website, td365.com to learn more, folks. But take it away, Brad. Yeah, so a bit of my history. I've been probably, I was in the industry since about 2002, I think, 2001. Sat there for 10 years as a broker, learning bits and pieces, mainly learning about the markets and products and things like that. Then I went out for myself and uh, I hooked up with a guy called Davin Clark, who was a professional trader. So that's sort of where you know, I learned my craft, trading, you know, trading for myself, um, uh, trading my own funds. And it's been, it's been a bit of a yo-yo road as you learn. Uh, but yeah, so far so good. It's been doing quite well. And most of my trading, or pretty much all my trading is based around momentum. And trying to pick when you know markets are supply demand dynamics between them, and uh, trying to really just get on the right side of the market, and with a you know the major emphasis just being on risk management. I think that's what we're about, and we've flowed on into, as you mentioned, trade setup, the alert service, and that's all based around our our trading style and you know what we look for. And to date, that's been doing pretty well, around the thirty percent over the last um, you know per year over the last five years or so. Um, so that's going quite well. You can always check that out at uh, tradesetup.com.au. And we've also got, you know, been working with Davin closely on another business, um, TD365, as you mentioned. There's a lot of good material on there, a lot of free stuff you can take a look at. Um, we've got an L Brooks 27-hour 20, trading course you can always download for new accounts. So jump on there and have a look around. And I'll just mention we've got one other thing in the pipeline. Um, I won't mention exactly what it is yet, but we're putting together a new resource, sort of, I guess, resource centre, new website, which will hopefully be up and running soon that I can mention in the future. All right, yeah, excellent. So, yeah, so go to the uh, website. The great thing about TD365 is the very tight spreads, actually, that you can add a good navigation of that. And I'll tell you, those spreads are quite tight, of course. So it is um, not for everyone in regards to you know, CFD trading and the like, but by all means, if you do, um, I would encourage you to go have a serious look at that website because there are um, some wonderful benefits there to be had. And I can't wait to see that resource uh, guide there uh, 
uh, Braden, no doubt hours of riding ahead of you, my good man. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, let's uh, yes. let's get to the current market at the moment. Good day today. The All Ordinaries up 0.15%. The XJO up 0.17%. So at least we're in positive territory. Um, let's get into the market news. And uh, really, I want to start with Auto Parts, an aftermarket software company, Infomedia, who's acquired a US-based e-commerce platform known as Simple Part for some $31.6 million up front with another earnout of some 20-odd million US over the next three years. Now, this sees a new chapter for IFM getting into e-commerce. And I think that's the important thing here. They're just basically, well, seems to be working for every other company selling things online. We might as well do the same. So whilst this builds their US presence, uh, this acquisition will no doubt look to be rolled out further into the broader IFM global models. So it'll be interesting to see those developments from here on in. But Brandon, be interested in your view um, in uh, regards to the price movements of today. Uh, up 5%, so the market's obviously liking this extra arrow to their bow. What's your view in regards to uh, IFM at the moment and what sort of levels would you be watching from here on in? Yeah, look, it's, um, it's opened up quite well and like a lot of things now, it was sold into strength, but it's bounced back, well, it looks at quite well. Um, and it's just trading up near this 165 level right at the moment or 166 or so. Um, and it's right below a key level where I should think of breaks. It's going to be on for young and old. And it's holding um, higher lows, which I'd love to see as well. So you've got major support, which it dipped into. It's rebounded off there. It's held a higher low, which is what you want to see as a technical trader. And it's just looks like it's on the verge of breaking through 169. I've got delayed. Let me just check that for now. It's probably about where it is now. Here, 165 and a half at the moment. So if we can break through that 169, I would expect that's going to take it up to sort of 194, the $2 zone, just see what happens there. If it doesn't, if that doesn't cause a problem, it's going to go a lot higher than that. Well, of course, people will probably buy whatever they've got to sell. Why? Because it's online. And that just seems to work for all these companies these days. But let's talk about the Miss Universes for Stock Investors, which is known as the annual Macquarie Conference, which gets underway this week. Uh, lots of updates. So I encourage you to read those because really these are going to be the last updates you'll get before the full year sales updates the companies will release in July. Uh, that is, of course, prior to uh, reporting season and reporting their results. Uh, Super Retail was one of those companies. They announced uh, that the group had achieved like-for-like -like sales of uh, uh, some 28% growth with eight weeks left in the financial year. Uh, BCF, or Boating, Camping and Fishing, and MacPack really being the winners there. Further, uh, things have been so good uh, that they've taken the foot off the pedal. Pardon the pun. Uh, well, okay, I could say put the hand the handbrake on. They might have slammed the brakes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, basically they've decided to pull the uh, reins on their advertising, which has actually improved margins. And that's why the market today has bought the stock up. I'm just having a look here. Oh, it has eased off a little bit from highs. Uh, now up 0.7% to $11.72. Braddon, super retail, uh, quite resilient in terms of business model during the whole COVID thing. What's your thoughts in regards to that chart at the moment? Yeah, look, it's, um, like you said, it's, um, it has backed off the last few days. It's been a bit of a grind that pushed up since the COVID sell-off, it ramped straight back up and through sort of that 11.55 mark. I think it's about you know about 11 dollar mark. And since then, it's sort of been chopping around that range above and below. And it's recently, more recently, it's been holding up off that level. So it is holding higher levels. Great to see. It is consolidating around that level. Potentially for me, leans if it can hold another high low, it could ramp back up through those highs and you know trade up through 12.50 to 13 dollars if it can get through there. I think um, considering that the work is putting now, it could be pretty good. Yeah, they've done some great things at SUL. We also received an update from Seek, uh, code SEK for those playing along at home, who due to favourable business conditions have also upgraded their guidance. 
um, even allowing for the uh, further sell-off of Xiaoping, their uh, Chinese uh, vehicle there, where they sold off another 40% of that. Uh, revenue is expected to be in the order of $1.59 billion. EBITDA will be at around 480 and and reported net profit to come in at around $140 million, allowing for that adjustment there. We know conditions have been good for SEEK. We saw yesterday the ANZ job numbers come through, uh, some very solid growth uh, in regards to the advertising of uh, new jobs available. SEEK are a direct beneficiary of that. Uh, in terms of share price, Braddon, what's your view in regards to SEEK? Because today it's having a good day, up 3.7%, uh, currently at $31.86. Yeah, this is uh, just what I said before. A lot of the things that are coming out good, gapping up on the open, are getting you know, a bit of selling straight back into it. Uh, in saying that, you know, it's still up three and a half percent. It's still looking quite well. It's just hovering around a level which I would suggest that it could cause a bit of issues around the 31, say 31, 32 zone, say more 32 than 31. Um, it's just it gapped up above there and it's just being sold back into. So if it can close back up, you know, find a bit of ground back into the close today and sort of finish above that level, it is holding higher levels, which is great. And if it continue to do that, it should just grind its way back up. Now, I had to rub my eyes when I read this one, uh, Braddon, from uh, Dexas, who told us that physical occupancy had been increasing in the March quarter. Um, didn't really believe it. And yes, I read the fine print. And actually what they meant was actual people. In terms of lease space and whale, which is the weighted average lease expiry, they were both down. Uh, but the industrial portfolio is quite strong. Dexas, uh, relatively flat, up 0.8% to $10.28 today. But I do want to involve you in Flight Centre, Braddon. FLT is their code. They say um, the recovery is on track after reporting, uh, uh, you know, some uh, record numbers in March. So they're back at pre-COVID levels. That said, though, January and February were a little bit soft. In March, though, they did have turnover of some $100 million, which was also quite good. Now, uh, despite this, though, um, they did, and they got some promising April uh, figures too, they uh, told us, Braddon. Uh, they're expecting the second half underlying losses to be broadly in line with that experience in the first half. And that statement there really upset the market a little bit. Um, stock down 4.1% at the moment, $16.22. Braddon, this is the perennial. Everyone's sort of waiting for this to finally represent some value. Um, that's from the fundamental side of things. But in regards to the chart, what's it telling you? Uh, should we uh, take a nibble at this point or should we just uh, wait a bit longer? Yeah, look, I read uh, overnight that I think Europe's starting to open up a bit more, a bit more flights, um, you know, trying to help out tourism as they open up as well. But flights, which you would think would help, is it's just pushed down to a support zone, which I would love to see hold at 16.24 or thereabouts. It, look, if it goes down a bit further, it's not such a big deal. It, it is holding higher levels. Look, it could push down a few more cents, potentially down the, you know, below 16, 15.80 or so. And it's still not, big, not such a big deal. I think it would hold a higher level. And as long as it does that, um, it's going to bring in some buyers. I think as things slowly um, heat up, I guess, or open up. We'll see how that yeah. goes, though. Yeah, well, look, obviously, you know, everyone's uh, that little shutdown that occurred in Queensland obviously was a bit of a pain in the backside there. We've also got some other updates, but I won't go into them from stocks like uh, WiseTech. Um, we also had uh, Wally uh, 9 also gave updates pretty much in line. And good old Nick Scarley, even though I noticed. It's being sold down a little bit. Uh, for our regular viewers of Spotty, one stock that has come up a bit is Stavely Resources, SVY, which announced uh, that it, uh, it had confirmed the northwestern extension of its great Kaylee mode that uh, Tony Lacantro has talked about a number of times, has some ripping assays. Uh, this is a keeper still. Um, the stock up at the moment, up 5.13% to 61.5 cents. Uh, again, as Braddon said, sold off on the initial pop. 
uh, which seems to be happening quite a bit at the moment, but this was a good result. Uh, and we also say goodbye, of course, to the dynamic duo Melinda and Bill Gates, who after 27 years of marriage have now split with lawyers, now haggling over who gets the microchips. Um, no, look, in all seriousness, no, there aren't many people who have helped mankind to the level they have, and we wish them well, and hopefully they can work it out. And that work can continue. All right, Brad, and I won't get you to comment on uh, relationship matters. We'll stick to stocks and answer people's questions. So, folks, we're going to answer them right now. Remember, we don't take into account your personal circumstances or situation or needs. And we do hold interest in stocks. We try to disclose that as much as we can. But sometimes in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, we forget. So I uh, just need to remind you of that as well. Feel free to contact us directly if you wish to seek any clarification in that regard. All right, then, top of the pops on this one is from Steve. He would be interested, Braddon, to hear uh, your current view on ResMed. RMD is the code, particularly after the volatile ride it's had in the last few days. Yeah, look, it's, um, it certainly has the last few days. And that action just over two days or so is, is taken out Pretty crazy. a few weeks to a month worth of work. It's um, worked its way off 2340. Uh, spent quite a bit of time working its way up there, just grinding up. And like I said, three days, bank, all gone. Or most of it's gone so i think it's it needs for me needs to hold up around 2450. if it can hold up off that level to me that's a confirmed high low and then you'd be looking for it to work its way back up to the highs over time in 2730 and then potentially the top end of the range because i do see that it's more stuck in a bit of a longer term range from somewhere around 2340 up to around that 2930 zone so you really just want to see buy start to step in hold that higher level off the you know the lower end of that range and try to work its way back up to that um where it sort of sold off from around 2740. okay there you go hopefully that answers your question there steve but yeah quite a volatile ride at the moment uh, particularly with that latest update uh, showing it with ventilator sales i expect them to go normal but it was a challenging result uh the question uh, next answers uh, for me actually on uh, from nini who was uh, just wanting my opinion in regards to Nanaloose, which is NC6 for those playing along at home. That's N for Nelly, C for Charlie, 6 for the number 6. Okay, well, these guys were developing the nullable fiber that's uh, derived using microbes, uh, which basically convert liquid biomass waste products uh, from various food industries and the like into a cellulose, uh, which is then converted into fibers. Now, that was until January, of course, um, as Niv has told us before in the past, Niv Dagan that is, when along came Aditya Birla's subsidiary Grace in that said, hey, we do fibres from cellulose too. Uh, let's do a JV. We'll call it Lyocell, uh, which we reckon is finer than silk and stronger than the conventional product. And we could target a market worth some 1.5 billion US dollars. Geez, that's a lot of saris, folks. Anyway, the price went from 5 cents to 22.5 cents before you could blink. Since then, it's done its pop and drop routine. Now back to $0.09 cents below the recent uh, raising. Uh, they had a capital raising at $0.10. Cents. In the latest quarterly, they did say they grew cash, but that was because of R&D grants and the capital raising they had. So why is it being sold off? Well, uh, basically, let, let, let's keep it quite, uh, quite frank and, um, and honest uh, in regards to it. You know, look, one is obviously there's some issues because we've been hearing for some time that this pilot plant that they're build, building um, uh, is coming, is coming, is coming. It hasn't come just yet. They really need to execute that and get that right. The second factor that's um, really impacting price at the moment, Nini, is the fact of what's occurring in India um, at the moment. So my advice would be to wait until at least a pilot site date is set, that they actually get it up and um, work on the uh, Lyocell product. Until then, you'll be going a little early. Um, speaking of going early, Peter, one of our resident spotters, uh, thanks, Peter, for your question, asks about Mesoblast. MSB is their code, um, uh, Braddon. 
Now, I'll read what he wrote because it basically does my job for me, but I'll need you for the charts on this one because it is a really interesting looking chart at the moment. Um, they have three products, River Stem Cell, River Score, and MPC, of course, um, which is their degenerative disc disease product. Basically, all their R&D is going, they went close to the wire where there were concerns that they'd run out of cash and no one was willing to give them any more money. Uh, 10 million, or $110 million, sorry, I should say, was received from a company by the name of Surge Center Development. Now, young Peter's sitting there going, surely someone with that sort of background wouldn't drop $110 million into a company like this unless they thought they were onto something good. But of course, the market doesn't necessarily think that, as you can see on, on the screen at the moment. So Brennan, if uh, Surge Center Development get this correct and they see something that is worthwhile, what sort of levels from here on in would young Peter get some confirmation that at least that short-term selling pressure will be over? Yeah, look, at the moment for me, I would be short biased on this one. Just looking at the last you know, recent days and recent price action, holding lower levels, which is never a good sign if you're looking to buy. Um, for me, I would I would really want to see it pop back above that 206, you know, from here before I even bothered touching it. It's been, you know, it's a really good trading stock. And I know a lot of people trade it intraday. There's some good movement in it. So it does get a lot of chop intraday um, and get bullied around a bit. But I would really want to see it sort of back above that 206 level it has. Um, that was recent support, which has broken down. And if it doesn't push back up there, I think it's just going to fade all the way down to sort of that dollar mark or dollar, dollar 10, dollar 15 level uh, for there. And I wouldn't be touching it anytime soon. It just needs to find some buyers. You need it. You need to find them. Step up and believe in that. You know that 110 million dollar story. See if it can pop up, and then start to buy into it and start to soak up any more selling pressure because it needs to flush out the sellers before it can start getting a bit of a move on. Okay, then. So yeah, but look, if it gets to a dollar and you're able to even get out of that, that'll be a blessing for some. If it gets that low, because obviously it is running close to the wire at the moment. They don't have many chances left, and this will be a bit of the you know, sort of last end uh, saloon here. We'll uh, see how it progresses for them. Michael asked us a question about uh, ArchThis. Uh, the code is AR, or ArcThis, I should say, archives, is AR9. Uh, for those that don't know, it's a security collaboration software firm where basically for those who require you know, secure and discreet conversations like government, defence and corporates, well, they provide a service that provides that. You're right, Michael. Um, if I had a look at their last cash, I think they had something like 112 million in cash in the bank. Uh, they're increasing their revenue and their future uh, focus on uh, revenue growth is not just here in Australia, but also international as well. Now, I'm sure you would have noticed, Michael, they recently won that $300,000 contract with the Australian Defence Force. Uh, you would expect, or Department of Defence to be specific. Um, that is expected to be, you know, a foot in the door to what would hopefully be more to come to implement the architecture and as well as the NC project. Uh, which is a file protection service that they recently made that acquisition for a couple months back. Look, obviously, security at the moment, Braddon, is a hot spot. Um, ni hao to all my Chinese friends too, by the way. Uh, but the price has been under strain. Bugger, Michael. Braddon, just tell me, when do I get in? What levels would I be watching from here on in? Because seriously, in this current environment, how couldn't a business like this make some money? Oh, look, this one's probably straight, I think straightforward you know break above sort of that 31 area you'd be one to be looking to get long and you risk it simply below would for me be below sort of that 24 area it's been rangy the last probably few weeks or so but it has um had a look it had a big run up a long time ago probably last year mid last year big run up and a lot of those um people who wanted to sell have probably sold by now it's starting to find a bit of a floor a bit of a base and like i said push up through 31 would get me interested 
Okay, 31. I've noted that, and hopefully Michael has too. Okay, we've got a little bit of an education piece uh, going on through our show uh, to just add a little bit of colour to the normal stock talk. And um, this question actually came from Tesh. Normally we do it ourselves, but Tesh asked a brilliant question. And he said, I have a question on technical analysis. And he'd like to know how to correctly draw trend lines. Uh, are you supposed to use A, the wicks, B, the open and closing prices, or C, closing prices only? And which one of those three and why? So, Brannon, given you're the man that um, looks at the world in zigs and zags, what, would, what advice would you give young Tesh when it comes to drawing trend lines? Where's the best place to, uh, to set them? Uh, you know, do you use the close, the top of bottoms? What do you use? Look, I think um, with technicals, a lot of people start to read too much into it and they start to make it overly complicated. There's, there's a million things you can put on a chart, um, a million indicators, a million ways to interpret things. Um, but the more complicated just makes things a lot harder. And if you are looking at something that's sort of, um, how would you say, it's in the past, the more things you've got to read, you're going to make that further and further in the past. So you're going to be delayed with any sort of action you take. Now, I would, I'm always like to, my trading is based around momentum. Um, it's based around you know price action between buyers and sellers, and for that very reason, I'm not too concerned about you know how I would draw a trend line, especially across the wicks. I tend to take the highs because I think um, if it's gone through a level, it's traded at that price. That's the price that's you know most interest because it's you know buyers got to start to push it back above that level yeah. uh, if they want to get involved. So I think where you put it is not so as important as how you attack it when it's starting to get up there. Um, I'm a big believer in looking for higher levels. If price is going to confirm for me, it's going to confirm with buyers stepping in and that's evidence at a higher level. If they're not going to wait for it to pull back to a level, um, for instance, or it's going to run up through, um, I don't buy on the break of a, a resistance line like we were just talking about. I would rather see a break up through, pull back, get support at a higher level, then I'm straight in because that's evidence to me that um, a lot of people are showing some interest. So. Yeah, it's not so important where you place it. It's important how you utilise that information when you're trading. Yeah, which is really important, Tesh, because I know we like to look for immediate signals, the silver bullet, get in now, get out now. But those lines, trend lines, in effect, actually don't signify a change in a trend or, or the like. They do highlight those points of possible resistance and the like. And yes, generally, if you're using high values and low values, it's important because as Braden said, you know, someone bought at that price and therefore, as a result, you know, the old theory is if that's the high and everyone and they've lost money since that as you creep up going higher, the people who start to have, you know, lost their money go, oh, I've broke even now, so I'll sell, which creates further downward pressure. There is a little bit more, but it is a lot around your own trading style and the like. If you only look at your stocks uh, once a day, for example, and or once a week, then you could use clothes uh, quite comfortable because that's the set price and it blocks out some of that market noise. But if you uh, live and breathe this stuff, as I dare suggest you do, then highs and lows are a good way to go. But you will find a certain way, but just look at more than one chart to validate your theory. It takes a bit of experience and time. All right, then, uh, before we go into your two stocks to watch there, uh, Brad, and I will ask you a question from Adonis who asks about Northern Star. Uh, he'd like a technical view and some possible profit targets. Should there be a breakout of the $11.66 mark? So uh, take it away, Maestro. Yeah, look, um, I'm with you. That if it doesn't break up through, we're not we're not even going to bother with it. Um, it'll probably end up pushing back down to sort of that nine dollar level. If it does break up there, it's a good sign. Um, it's gonna it's gonna have a bit of a run on. 
and I would think that your first target, would, the way I would play it would be in the most recent um, lower high. Because lower high is where people have been selling it. It's, it's the area where people are going to start to feel uncomfortable if they're short or if they've missed out, they sold it there, they've watched it press, it press down, they've watched it come all the way back to that level, they might be chasing the tail uh, to chase it higher. So yeah. that target, the first target for me would be that 1377 zone. If it gets up through there, then you're looking to, yeah, the next high, the major high at 1670 and potentially above that. But they're my two zones that I'll be looking for um, to find potentially some more sellers coming in. Anyone that's bought it off there might look to take some profit up that, you know, that, that first region. If they don't, they're going to be looking to take profit at that second region at 1670. Yeah, he also mentions Horizon Oil. Um, sees an ascending triangle and therefore uh, would like to know a possible target if it breaks out to the upside. Now, I haven't got the chart in front of me here, Braddon, but I'm looking at his price action today. Uh, currently up uh, 0.05 of a uh, cent, which is, or 0.0, oh, sorry, hang on, what's that? Uh, 0.005%, which is actually 5.75%. That's the way you play in the small cap market world, folks. Uh, but HZN, I don't know if you've had time to put that onto your chart there, um, Braddon. What do you think of it here at these levels? Has it broken that ascending triangle? And if it has, what sort of targets would you be looking at for uh, young Adonis? Yeah, for me, I, I don't particularly see a triangle as such. I would like to see it, you know, pop up through nine, seven, even 10. I think when they start playing around that 10, 10 and a half mark, you know, the, the big boys play with it under and over that level. It can start to get choppy up there. And a lot of people think it's broken out, but I don't think um, you can look for more than that. If it can push up and then pull back and hold that level, then I'll be all in. Um, but for now, I see that it's, it's held, been held up at 8.2 cents, um, but it's not really breaking out for me. I would want to see a higher low, but like I said, they're probably going to play that 10 cent mark again. Uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Okay, then uh, we'll get those two stocks to see the light on in a moment, Braddon. But before we do, young Anthony's asked me about Eagle Mountain, so I thought I'd give him a response. Uh, EM2 is their code for those playing along at home. Uh, Eagle Mountain Mining has gold and copper uh, projects. But in particular, the big one is Oracle Ridge, which is located in Arizona in the US. Uh, and at the end of March recently, we saw some drill results which showed some very strong potential. Further, they now own 100% of the mine. And we also had, I think, an update today, although that didn't look like that gave me anything new. But nonetheless, um, things look like they're going uh, really, really well. Um, it's 26 kilometres northeast of BHP's massive San Manuel mine. Um, and Anthony wants to know, when does he get in? which look, to be honest with you, at this point in time here, it's sort of at that point where it's, you know, hit the load, it has a sizable amount, it's now trying to quantify that. Its price is going to jump around a little bit. It's quite, uh, to be quite frank and honest, uh, a little hard to after chase a stock like this because it's really ballooned since that update in March. Um, I think you need to just let price settle first. I know you can get itchy fingers if you do and want to buy in now, then you've got to make sure your stop loss is very, very tight. If, however, you just want to uh, take it as a longer-term exposure, very rarely does that massive first run-up end up being the price where it settles at. And history will show many other examples of that. So, uh, well, if it keeps going up, you miss it, there'll be another 1,000 opportunities out there. But this is a quality asset with some good results. Them, Stavely, a few others, there are quite a few good copper plays coming on board, just in time for copper price to fall back below $10,000. But anyway, that's the irony of it all. Braddon, take us through the two stocks that you'd help, like to help us see the light on that we're going to toddle off and do our own research into and then see whether they align with our own investment objectives and, of course, tolerance to risk. Yeah, look, I was going to mention Lee Creek LCK, but that's um, you'd be 
pretty late to the party there. It's been running up really well. So I thought I'd uh, take a punt at uh, LEG, is it Legend Mining. It's a yep, good name, good name that suits me as well. So um, I think it will, we'll, <laughs> we work. like that one. I like that one for personal reasons. But I think it's um, it's been contracting, you know, with price, holding higher levels and lower highs. So that's one of those sort of things that you know, it's gonna, obviously it's going to break some way. And when it starts to press up and, and test those lower highs, that's what you want to see and it's starting to break it. And I think it's right at that point now, around that 14 cent, 13 and a half mark. Well, I, I think if it can get up through 14 cents, there's a little bit of resistance there, then I think that's going to lead to some more buyers, dragging in more buyers. And we're going to start to push um, through 15 and start attacking on those highs around 21 and a half cents. But to me, that's looking primed and ready to go. Uh, the other one I'd look at is APL, uh, Antipods Global Investment Company. Now that's it's trading up on a weekly and a daily basis, and it's just recently tested that 107 and a half level, uh, bounced off there, and it's starting to head back up again. So it's a it's kind of a you know, a gradual trend up. It's nothing too exciting. It's not going to incite those um, you know excite those small cap traders that like to see those you know big ramp ups. It's going to be a grind up, but I think it's definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, off that level, I just want to see it do a little bit more action, a little bit more consolidation above that level, and then I think it's going to take off and start to press up through 112. Hopefully, we're looking at the 120, 25 mark. And if you want to learn more, of course, about the speak that Braden goes on, uh, one of the great services they do have at Trade Direct 365 and Trade Setup and TD 365, however you want to do it, is that Braden's part of their coaching service and their training. So if you want to learn more about how he looks at markets and that sort of pullback that he wants to see before it goes for that other run, why not drop him a line, go to the website, have a look, and I'm sure he'd be happy to talk about that. If not, as always, Braden, you're a great man. Thank you very much for coming on the show today and for sharing your insights with all our uh, viewers today. Thank you. No problem, mate. It was much appreciated. Oh, no, you're a great man. Thank you very much. Okay, so tomorrow we run the fundamental eye with someone who can talk domestic and overseas stocks, both big and small. That's Kunal Sawney from Kelkine Media. So if you've got a question for Kunal, send it to question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. Because until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching the new Spotty, and together we've been showing the spotlight on shares.